Hey everyone, this is Craig Merriweather with Ace Any Test. I just want to do a little short podcast on um, who I am, my story, why I'm doing this. And it really comes about with the, my struggle with my own anxiety and depression and chronic stress uh, been, that I dealt with when, uh, you know, during the teenage years. And I tried a lot of different things uh, looking to deal with the depression. I didn't really want to do medication, so I was looking for other ways of, of just trying to feel better. And, uh, you know, I did the traditional talk therapy and I uh, didn't really, I don't know, wasn't really working for what I was dealing with. And so I really started digging into other ways of managing the depression and the anxiety. Uh, so much to the point that uh, it kind of became a, an all-encompassing hobby, I guess. You say, of looking for different ways of dealing with it. And because I kind of, in my 30s, hit rock bottom with it. And I really just made a commitment to feeling better. And uh, so I started uh, you know, researching, looking at all different techniques and methods. So much so that I, you know, first off, started feeling better. I dealt with a lot of the, the um, issues I was dealing with. And what I realized after a few years of all this work I was doing, I had a great little toolbox of these techniques and methods and strategies. And so I wrote a book and uh, called Depression 180 and put it out there and, and was, you know, doing the interviews. And, you know, back, back then, it was about 15 years ago, podcasts were just kind of sort of getting getting going. So I was doing some of those and radio interviews and things like that. And I really liked, you know, talking about it. I really liked, you know, telling people about these various methods and, and strategies, skills I had learned. So much so that I decided to get trained as a hypnotherapist. Like I said, I wasn't really thrilled uh, with the um, with talk therapy and it didn't really help with me. But what I felt with a lot of the strategies and working with a hypnotherapist, I, I really felt that that helped me the most. Because really with hypnotherapy, there's nothing magical, nothing mystical about that work. Really, the, the word hypnosis comes from Greek mythology and the Greek god Hypnos, who is the Greek god of sleep. And back in the 1850s, there was a doctor in England, a surgeon, and you know, back in the 1850s, they didn't have fancy hospitals, they didn't have fancy anesthesia, things like that. They, you know, if you had to have your leg amputated, you're biting down on a stick or maybe a blow to the head to knock you unconscious. And so what this doctor, Dr. James Bard, what he started doing was using this deep trance state, deep, deep trance state, putting people so far under into, into trance that it looked like they were in a coma. And uh, then he could do amputations. He could cut people open with a knife and take out tumors. He could, you know, deal with war wounds and injuries and, and things like that. Now, of course, he didn't invent the trance state, certainly. Uh, in India and Egypt and Greece and, and Rome and, and South America and, and all sorts of places, they were using trance state thousands and thousands of years ago. Uh, but in 1850, he started using this trance state and needing a word to uh, describe it to, to talk about it with his colleagues and write about it, he decided to name it hypnosis after the Greek god of sleep because this coma-like state looked like sleep. Now since then, in the last whatever 160, 170 years, this word hypnosis has grown to encompass all sorts of trance states from very, very light trance state 
to uh, you know the coma-like states they're still using. If, if somebody's allergic to the anesthesia or if they need surgery, they'll still use hypnotherapy. You can Google that kind of work. It's fascinating. In fact, there's uh, videos on YouTube that you can watch of people like, getting root canals and, and things just using hypnosis. That's how, how powerful this state of mind is. So anyway, there's, there's nothing magical, nothing mystical about it. You know, a lot of people know of hypnosis through the entertainment side of it. Maybe they've been to a show in Las Vegas or a comedy club or seen, seen videos on YouTube. And while it's weird and strange and, and fascinating and funny and, and certainly entertaining, everybody that gets up on a stage like that wants to be there. You know, nobody, hip, the hypnotist, the, the performer, uh, can't make anybody do anything they want to do. Everybody in that room the comedy club or in the Vegas showroom, uh, they bought a ticket to be in there. They want to go. Uh, they sit in their seat and they raise their hand to volunteer to be up on stage. And who's the, who's the hypnotist picking? The person that's kind of halfway raising their hand, a little timid and shy. No, they're picking the people that are jumping up and down and waving their arms because they're, they're exhibitionists. They're, they're extroverts. They want to be up on stage and have a good time. And guess what? They do. And so, you know, he does a big kind of warm-up trance state with everybody and uh you know and then you, you'll watch on the videos or if you go to a live show somebody can't do it if they're nervous because now they're sitting in front of 100 people or 500 people everybody's staring at them bright lights on them and they got stage fright they're not going to be a good candidate for going deep into a trance state and to, to entertain and so they'll be excused from the stage everybody else wants to be up there they want to perform they want to act like a, a fool uh, for a funny video so they can put it on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. And they do. And they, you know, they dance like Michael Jackson. They sing like Elvis. And they have a good time because they want to. So what if you want to heal? What, what are the possibilities of relaxing the mind and body to the point where you can move into a state of healing? Um, and I can go on and on about this. And maybe I'll, we'll do another podcast here soon. Going more in depth about that, that kind of work. But uh, I was so fascinated with, with my own healing using hypnotherapy and other you know, kind of meditative-like exercises and techniques that uh, I decided to study uh, to become a hypnotherapist. I was so fascinated by it. I went to uh, this great school, the uh, Hypnotherapy Academy of America. It's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's a real school. Uh, you go there and, and sit in a classroom with 25, whatever, 30 other people. And you learn about the, the scientific validity of this work, the, the research. And you might see a demonstration uh, up at the front of class working with somebody. And then you break up into small groups. You go in these smaller rooms and you work with each other and you switch. And there's a coach there, many years under their belt of being a hypnotherapist to coach you. And, and you actually walk out of that, that uh, class, you know, and it's two and a half months. This isn't uh, some, you know, kind of two-day workshop at a hotel conference room or, you know, online video, videos you watch in, on your own time. This is 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. It's even a college class. You know, you go to university, you go to, you know, math class, sociology class, you know, history class, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays. This is the Hypnotherapy Academy. It's 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday for two and a half months. It's 500 hours. So by the time you you know you're you're working with somebody at least you know once a day and maybe twice a day and, and there's work on the weekends and you study groups and homework in the evenings and things and by the time you get out of there you've already worked with 
done 50 sessions with, with people and had sessions done on you too. So it's a wonderful experience. So like I say, it's two and a half months, 10 weeks, 500 hours. And after that, I just started working with people. And one of the issues that comes up a lot is anxiety, stress. So I work with a lot of people with that and, and uh, found the techniques that seem to work the best and quickest, fastest. And one aspect that I started working with people, uh, you know, a handful of people on, in fact, one of my first clients uh, was test anxiety. It was really hard. This woman wanted to become an audiologist, you know, helping kids who are deaf or, or hearing impaired. And what an extraordinary career to get into. And she spent tens of thousands of dollars in training. Uh, I get trained over the course of a couple of years. And to get licensed, you have to get be licensed. You have to be uh, get a certification for the state to work in. And she couldn't pass the test. She was so anxious, so nervous. And these tests are like $800 every time you take it. And you only get to take it like a handful of times before you get cut off for a year or so. So it was embarrassing. It was humiliating for her. And she was frustrating. And, and she was angry at herself. And she spent all this time. She knows what she's doing. She's an extraordinarily uh, smart person. She passed all the classes and everything, but she just couldn't pass the licensing exam that the state was giving. And so I, I worked with her on that. And we did uh, a handful of sessions, some like three, four sessions, taught her skills and, and uh, some techniques she can use. And she ended up passing the test and worked with a couple other people around test anxiety. I really started looking at that because it didn't seem to be anything out there in the marketplace to help people with test anxiety. And I had kind of a handful of books, a couple of kids' books, a couple of kind of 45-minute classes, you know, on, on some of those uh, course uh, online course hosting sites like Teachable and things like that. But I didn't see anything comprehensive. I didn't see anything that really delved into anxiety around tests and exams and various techniques. Because look, not everything's going to work for with everybody. Everybody's a little bit different. And so what I wanted to do is put together all the techniques I've come across, all the research, scientifically proven techniques I've come across over the years, you know, all the way going back to 15 years ago when I wrote the Depression 180 book. And then that morphed into another book called uh, Mind Mastery Blueprint. Uh, started my own uh, podcast some years ago back in 2012 and uh, called Tipping Point Radio and interviewed so many people about self-improvement and becoming, working towards accessing your full potential, things like that. That was, a, that was a wonderful podcast. I really enjoyed doing that. But over the years, over the last 15, well, I don't know, God, we're going on 20 years now, I guess, of starting to really research this stuff, I realized there really wasn't a comprehensive program focusing on test anxiety, the, the stress, the nervousness, the worry people feel around exams. And you know, whether it's you know, a written exam you might see in high school, maybe taking the SATs or, or university level, maybe an oral exam, maybe, you know, and someone's giving, doing their PhD uh, uh, dissertation, uh, defending their dissertation in front of a, their, uh, their council uh, of mentors. You know, you're in university, you're taking the LSATs to uh, get into law school or the MCATs to get into medical school or or you're taking the bar exam once you've graduated from university or like this the person I work with uh, becoming an audiologist or uh, so many people need licensing and certification, electricians and plumbers and uh, auto mechanics. And so what I wanted to put together was a course 
that focus, you know, that a 16-year-old taking the SATs could use, as well as the 65-year-old retiree who wants to start a part-time career as a real estate agent, and everybody into, in between, whether you're a police officer or a firefighter. And of course, you know, a 16-year-old is a little bit different than a 65-year-old. So I want to pack it full of all these different techniques and exercises and strategies so you can have the skills to deal with the anxiety and eliminate it. Because really it comes down to, it's your mind. And you get to decide the instructions that are within your subconscious mind. And maybe there's some sort of issue around taking tests that happen when you're in a grade school or high school or a university level. You know, the, one of the issues uh, with that first client I was telling you about with the ideology, she was fine until she went uh, started going after her master's degree. Uh, because when she's getting her bachelor's, when she was in high school, when she's getting her bachelor's degree, she's top of the class. But then she switched schools for her master's. And everybody at the school was at the top of their class. And she really struggled with uh, wanting to be at the top and the, the homework and the lack of sleep and the stress and what you practice, you get better at. So she just became very stressful, very anxious. And when she decided to kind of move over towards the ideology to work with kids. Uh, it just heightened even more and spent all this money and it just sort of got wired into her system. Yes, it got wired in her system, but she's the one that wired it into her system. And it's not to blame her or say it's all her fault or if you're struggling with test anxiety, it's not saying it's your fault, but you're the one who programmed yourself for that state of mind, that state of body. And so you can change it. You can do something else. You can retrain your brain and body. It doesn't take that long. There's this uh, a great study that came out uh, a few years ago, and um, I'll put the information in the, the show notes about it so you can look it up. But uh, these researchers wanted to watch the brain as it learned something new. And so they picked piano, and they brought these volunteers in who didn't know how to play, and they showed them simple little exercises and scales you'd teach a beginner, beginning piano player. And they would come in, uh, for 20 minutes uh, every day for seven days straight and practice piano. They had the control group who didn't do anything because in this kind of research, you want to compare and contrast. Here's a brain that doesn't do anything. Uh, here's a brain that's learning piano. What are, the, what are the differences? And they also had a third group, and this is where it gets interesting. They had a third group who only pretended to play piano. And so they brought these people in, didn't know how to play piano, showed them the simple little exercises and skills. But instead of sitting at a piano, they went over and sat down in a recliner, closed their eyes, and just pretended to play piano. Just used their imagination to play piano in their mind, mind's eye. So at the end of uh, a week, uh, they measured everybody, you know, MRIs, spec scans, all that kind of stuff. Watched everybody's brain over the course of the week. They saw with the control group, nothing changed. Of course, they didn't do anything. They didn't learn anything. So, of course, their brains didn't change. No big mystery there. The group that actually put their hands on the piano played for 20 minutes a day for seven days in a row. They developed new neural network in the part of the brain for music. New neural pathways, brain cells connecting together in the part of the brain for music, learning. Of course they did. They're learning music. So, again, no big mystery there. But what's extraordinary is the group who only pretended to play piano sat in the recliner for 20 minutes a day, uh, seven days straight, also developed the same neural network in the same part of the brain for music as those who actually play piano. Their brains look like they play piano without ever having to touch the piano. 
They rewired their brain just by pretending. That whole fake it till you make it is something uh, that's real and you can utilize. And, and uh, that's what this course is about, is teaching you the techniques and the skills to rewire your brain, to recalibrate your nervous system so you know how to turn off the stress response. And again, this goes with not just for tests, but you know, if you have to give a presentation at, at work or at, at a conference, you know, people who have public speaking uh, fears, works with that. You have to do an audition. If you're an actor or a musician, you're going to an audition and you're getting nervous. Job interview, anything that is, well, sort of test-like, you know, going out on a first date, uh, going over to the in-laws uh, for, you know, Thanksgiving dinner or something. All these techniques, you know, and while it's kind of boxed at, as the test anxiety course, these things can be used in so many different situations within life. And uh, you can carry with them for the rest of your life. Even if you say, well, you know, I'm done with school. Uh, but what about the promotion? Maybe you have to go from the board of directors or your manager or supervisor or something uh, to, to talk about a promotion um, or a, a new job. You know, you can use it so many different things. Or maybe, again, you have a career where you have to take a, a, a test, a licensing or a certification test every few years. Um, or you want to switch careers later on in life. All these skills you can take with you for the rest of your life. So that's a, that's a little bit about, about me to, uh, to tell you how I came about all this, uh, all this work that I put into ACE Any Test. Um, it really comes from my own struggles with anxiety and, and depression uh, since, I was, uh, since I was a teenager. And all I've learned over the last, well, I'm getting up there in age. Uh, so pretty much all I've learned over the last pretty much 30, 35 years, put it into this course. And so uh, that's it for me. Just a little bit about me. And I'll talk you know, maybe more about myself in the upcoming podcast and you'll learn more about me. But that's it for this episode. And again, of course, go to the ACNE Test website and you can download those five recordings for building confidence. That's my free gift for you for just wanting to create success and create more confidence in your life. That's for you to have and to use and to share. Have a great, great week, and here's to your success in all that you do.